0: interesting what it's warm in here too it's not just me okay yeah you could crack a couple of windows yeah yeah okay so we've retrieved uh, an old idea that we liked that we loved because it's extra inspiration always with a different twist so please warmly welcome your, one of your very favorites Reverend Joel
1: good morning it is hot in here right It's interesting being a man. (laughs) Anywho, uh, I couldn't resist. So this week we're talking about the way it works. It being spirit, life, oneness. Refer back to last week's talk from Reverend Michelle. You can get that in the bookstore. You can go on the web and and listen back to it to find out more about it because this is the second week In the series this monthly series where we are covering the basics of the science of mind philosophy and this week it is the way it works and one of my favorite quotes in the entire science of mind book I hope it's not the same quote you're going to use in your talk uh, because we do that all the time is in this chapter and this is the quote it says the thing then works for us by working through us and is us always It cannot work for us in any other way. Now listen to this. It spreads itself over the whole universe and shouts at us from every angle. But it can become power to us only when we recognize it as power. My favorite line in what I just read is this part where it says, It shouts to us from every angle. See, life is always speaking to us, always. Life is always trying to guide us and tell us and nudge us and move us and help us. And we don't always hear it because sometimes we are not attuned to the language that life is speaking. I think we sometimes get stuck on the Hollywood version of what it's supposed to sound like when life is nudging you. You know, the heavens... Open up, and a scroll descends from the heavens, and you unroll the scroll, and it says, turn left here. (laughs) You know, one of those unmistakable signs. It says it shouts at us from every angle, but shouting to the universe does not always sound like shouting to us here. Sometimes the universe's shouts are things that we have to hear and attune ourselves to that can feel like nudges that can feel like urges, hunches. It can be out of the voice of a friend. It can even be on a TV show that you're watching and something just lights up and you think, ah, maybe that's something. You know, the book that we're studying this month is Fail Fast, Fail Often. I really love this book. And the way he talks about it, the authors talk about it in there, is that we have to become attuned to the language Of the universe and what they say is that we need to develop a healthy curiosity because when we are curious we want to be able to connect the dots of the things that are happening outside of us to the things that we are feeling and wanting to go toward inside of us it's curiosity that connects those two together and he says The single biggest reason why people miss out on life-changing opportunities is they aren't looking for them. They're not attuned. The second reason is that they see opportunities but don't act upon them. Your curiosity provides a built-in mechanism for both discovering and pursuing new possibilities. When something catches your fancy, when you are filled with unexpected excitement, or you are inexplicably drawn toward a topic you know little about, trust your curiosity and allow it to propel you into action. Following the guidance of your curiosity need not entail anything dramatic, no scrolls from heaven. It might mean walking into a funky store you saw down the street, or picking up a book at a friend's house, driving down an interesting road, striking up a conversation with a stranger. Those nudges can often lead to great changes if we follow them. That's the language. That's how the universe shouts at us from every angle. I remember a number of years ago in a class, a woman, we were talking about this concept, and a woman was in the class, and her goal, her stated goal, was that she wanted to find a man. She wanted to find Mr. Wright. We were talking about this concept that the law works and that as you state your goal, Begin to pay attention because you're going to be guided and moved in directions. And she raised her hand. She says, I think that works for other people, but I don't think that works for me because I hear how other people can connect those dots and hear things, but it doesn't work for me. I don't seem to hear anything. The universe seems to be silent to me. Maybe some of you have felt that way, too, that you feel like you're supposed to be hearing something or getting signs or or some sort of messages, but the universe might seem to be silent. And I said, well, if the law works for one of us, theoretically it works for all of us, so it must work for you as well. And I said, instead of waiting for the Hollywood opening, let's just attune ourselves this week and pay attention to see if there's anything that repeats itself over and over and that's how you'll know you have a sign and she said okay but I need to hear something three times before I'll believe it's a sign said okay she went home the next day she went to work and one of her work friends said to her "Um, girl you gotta go to this class I'm going to and she said what class is it And she said it's a dancing class and you gotta come with me and she said I don't I'm not interested in dancing she said no you gotta come to this class one. On the way home, driving home, she's listening to the radio and the song comes on the radio. Remember that song that was a big hit a number of years ago, I Hope You Dance? Yeah? And the line goes uh, something about, so if life gives you a second chance, I hope you dance. (laughs) She sits down at the TV thinking life is not speaking to her. She turns on the TV channel flipping and she comes across ABC, and it happened to be the season premiere of the TV show, Dancing with the Stars, (laughs) all in the same day. If she was not attuned, she might have missed those prompts, but she was attuned now to the language that the universe was shouting at her. She calls up her friend immediately and said, I'm in. I'll take the dance class. When's the next one? And the friend said, 45 minutes. Be there. So she got there. Went to the dance class. There were a lot more women than there were men in the class. But she's having a fun time, and they're dancing. At the end of the class, a guy comes up to her, asks her out. <laughs> she goes, all right. They start dating. She comes back to class the next week, and she's telling us this as if it's a miracle. And I said, it's not a miracle. This is the law and how it works. I said, but don't stop listening. Just because you think you've got what you wanted, keep attuned. Sure enough, this guy was not Mr. Right, he was just Mr. Right Now. (laughs) No judgment. We've had our Mr. Right Nows now and again. Anyway. uh... (laughs) But what she did is she kept going with the dancing and eventually she did find her soulmate at a dancing event she followed the promptings the language that the universe was shouting at her she followed it through she listened and it led her to exactly what her stated desire was so our goal when we're learning about how the law works is to stay attuned to the language that the universe is shouting to us what is the universe trying to shout at you what is it that maybe you're not attuning yourself to hearing, this is a good week to listen to whatever's being repeated, maybe three times, and count to yourself as you hear something three times and then follow through with it. Thank you very much.
0: So the thing itself was last week, the thing itself. Give me some words for the thing itself. Those of you in classes know what I'm asking. Stuff. Energy. Come on. Law, Law. what else? Universe. Spirit, mind. Source. You. Love. Energy. Intelligence. Universal love. All these names and whatever other name you give it. For you, it might be God. It might be Jesus. It might be uh, my best friend. It might be whatever you want to call it. That thing that we talk about is always available. But as Reverend Joel said, and as the textbook is clear in pointing out, it is always and only available through you. And to the degree that you are on board with it, to that degree, it avails itself to you. It cannot give you more than you want for yourself. It cannot give you more than your willingness to believe, accept, and allow. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So there's three things I'm going to want you to remember today. Repeat repeat after me with these statements. I accept accept my my good and the truth that I deserve my good. So that's about acceptance. I allow my good... To find me right where I am. That's allowance. I continuously cultivate a consciousness of receptivity. You see, cultivate a consciousness of receptivity. So, the three single words I want you to remember more than anything else today are acceptance, allowance, and receptivity. Because that is what you need to grow in you. That is what you need to grow to expand the vessel that you will receive. Holmes speaks about this in the textbook, and he says, We can go to the ocean with a thimble, or we can go to the ocean with a vat. He doesn't use the word vat. I don't know what he uses. Maybe he uses wheelbarrow. So to the degree that you are willing to allow spirit to work its way through you, to that degree you receive. Now, a lot of us are walking around with a self-imposed, we spoke about this last week, glass ceiling. And And you're doing this. And you're butting up against it. And you're not clear what it is. And you're not sure why it's there. And it makes you uncomfortable. And then that's when, if we're listening, we begin to hear that voice. Now, one thing I thought Reverend Joel was going to say, which he didn't, is that that voice, that booming voice of all the wisdom, the God voice, don't be fooled, it will always sound like your voice. See, that's what you got to get. It will always sound like you. No matter how brilliant, how inspirational, how intuitive it feels, when you hear it, It's going to sound like Shulamit, or Jeannie, or Elaine. It's going to sound like that. Now, because it sounds like our own voice, frequently we dismiss it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you not been guided or moved in a particular direction in the past in your life that you dismissed because you just didn't trust the voice? Right? Anybody else besides me? Yeah. That voice is not just your voice. It's the voice of the bigger you. See, there's the local of us. There's the human being, the Michelle Wadley that lives in Florham Park, born born to certain parents. And then there's the larger of me, the more of me, the expanded of me, that place within me where I sync up to the universal mind, to universal intelligence, to universal love. And to that degree that I'm aware of that expansion, to that degree do I allow it to influence me, right? You get that? Yes? So your job is to expand your consciousness. Because as we said, and as Holmes said, and as Reverend Joel read, and as you will read in here when you take this home with you, it happens through you, but to the degree that you are available to it. And that's very good news because you are in charge of that expansion. You can always expand it. You can always always raise that glass ceiling. So Holmes says that the life which we live is the universal life expressing through us. Else, how could we live? The universal life, God, expressing through us. So, if, And I'm, I'm translating. I took away um, God, I took away spirit, and I took away he's. I want to do this a little more gender neutral for all of us. If life is to interpret itself to human, it must interpret itself through us as humans. Yes? Through us. Through you. Here's the question. Are you available? Are you available? Are you sure? Hmm, okay. So sometimes it shows up as wisdom and, and things are instantaneously healed and instantaneously moved. And I know that everyone who has ever treated or ever, and when I say treatment in this, in this room, it's a, it is another word for affirmative prayer, okay? But we call it spiritual mind treatment. So I know there are many of you here who have treated once and dropped 20 pounds overnight, Right? Nobody else have that experience? Hmm. And I know there are some people here who have treated one time because you knew it was possible and you instantly woke up with $10,000 in your checkbook, right? Oh, so I did. The rest of you? Hmm. And I know that you treated one time to find that mate. And they showed up sleeping next to you, right? Hmm. What's wrong? What's not working? False expectations about the way the law works. That's what's not working. We think that we treat ones. Now, this is what's really funny. We, most of us, hopefully all of us, brush our teeth every day, twice a day, three times a day. Yes? Thank you. Well, most of us bathe more than once a week, although when I was young, you got a bath once a week. And I know with my family, we shared the water with other cousins and nephews and nieces. But we don't do that anymore. We usually shower more than you, once a day, once every other day. Yes? Okay. Those of us who exercise, you exercise more than once in your lifetime, right? Okay then why is it then that you think that applying one spiritual mind treatment is all that is required for you to send your life in the direction you want, and when it doesn't work, you think it's not working? Why do you do that? And I know you do. You know how I know? Because I know because you you I hear you in classes, because I see you not using um, prayer practitioners, and because when I speak to you, I... I often have to remind you, are you developing your spiritual practices? And many of you are not developing and utilizing and being adherent to a set of spiritual practices that move you into the state of receptivity. This is not a Sunday-only thing. You don't get to come here today and be done for the week. We are conditioning the mind We are conditioning it to allow for our good. We are conditioning it to accept our good, and we are conditioning it to expand our willingness to receive in a greater way. And that's a daily practice. That's daily. Mind shows up for us as inspiration, but mind also shows up by telling you what to do, where to go, who to talk to just as Reverend Joel pointed out. I don't know about you, but the last time I sat on my meditation pill, well, I don't actually have a meditation pill, I have a big, soft, cushy chair. But the last time I sat in my big meditation cushy chair, the world didn't change immediately. It just readied me for it. It readied me for the change. There's a story, and this is a true story, though I don't remember her name or the the, uh, where... Actually, I don't remember where I got the story from. But there was this young woman. She was in this teaching, and she was very stressed because her, her um, bills were always more than her income. So she was constantly feeling the stress of this. So she's talking to a friend who had a little bit more of a pragmatic way of being. And, and I think he, was, he, he might have been an accountant or somewhere he moved in around money. And so she was saying to him, yes, I'm going to go meditate. I'm going to take away the stress. You know, I'm going to do meditation and yoga, and I'll be calm, and I'll be plugged in. Now, being a money man, he looked at this, and he thought about it for a while, and he came back to his friend, and he said to her, do you know that if instead of taking that class, you actually got a part-time job, you would earn enough money within such and such time, he had it all figured out, that the stress would not be temporarily relieved but it would be gone because the the bill would be gone doesn't sound very pretty does it we want the voice we want to sit on the meditation pillow we want this glorious spiritual realization sometimes you got to move not sometimes you got to move people you got to be willing to do what needs to be done so she did that And she went and she got the part-time job. And within that certain amount of time, she found the solution and didn't have to try to remove the stress because the source of the stress was gone. Are you with me? We spiritual types, we're a little funny, the way we want things. We want things the way we want them. And often, we're not willing to do what it takes to get there. And then we wonder why the rest of the world around us is accomplishing things. Well, they're out there doing something. I've got to tell you a story. Many of you, I'm sure many of you have seen this. And if you have seen it, when I start telling you, raise your hand so I know because it's just funny. There is a YouTube video. And the name of the video is It's Not About the Nail. <laughs> OK? Not that, many, not that many of you have seen it. OK. So I've got to describe this to you because it's, it, it, it's kind of a, a depiction of, of what I'm talking about. It's a scene with a man and a woman sitting on a couch having this quiet, you know, very intimate kind of conversation. And it, it, it shows how, you know, the typical men being men and women being women, they, the typical is we want to be heard, you guys want to fix. I mean, that's how the stereotype goes, right? We all basically know that. So, on, so the scene opens where you're on the back of the couch and you see this young woman from the back of her head. And she's talking about this deep problem and how it won't go away and how, you know, it just, it's always, you saw it now, you remember, and it's always nagging. And the man who's sitting there looking at her, you don't see her full face yet, he says to her, but, but honey, um, maybe you should, you know, maybe it's the nail. Now what happens is the, 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 the scene has now turned, so now you see her in the front of her head, she has this nail Sticking out of her sticking out of her forehead like this. So he's saying to her, Honey, maybe you should take out the nail. It's not about the nail. You just have to listen to me. So he kind of sucks it up and he's trying to be a good husband. And he's sitting there. And she's still got the nail in her head. And she goes, Yeah, it's like this nagging thing, and it just won't go away. And and he starts to say that she goes don't, don't 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 say anything, and she goes yeah well it catches on all my clothes. He goes, honey, take the nail out. And then she and then then he decides he can't win. So he says all right. He decides just to listen to her. So she starts to talk again. He goes oh honey, that must be really rough. I understand something like this. And then he goes to kiss her, and of course he hits the nail. <laughs> Take out the nail, folks. Spirit doesn't want you just sitting on a cushion meditating. It wants you active. It wants you succeeding. It wants you expressing. It really does. So what I suggested, the, the um, I guess I, I'm going to call it a spiritual practice anyway, but I'm suggesting... On this, on this form that I gave that I want you all to be taking home every week, hopefully you are, that you begin to free up some of your creative energy. Now, there are dancers in the room. There are musicians in the room. There are writers in the room. There are people who are problem solvers. There are inventors. There's a knitter right here in front of us. Your creative energy must be opened up, generated, activated, in order to feel the stimulation and the input. But those of us, I know it happens, because after, after you, you know, you're knee high to a grasshopper, after that age, it seems like unless you're really someone who had a sense of artistry in your life, you've shut it off. Uh, is there anybody here who hasn't touched a crayon or drawing pencil or anything like in years? Is there, are there people in the room? There's probably even more than that, right? What happens is you shut off a part of yourself, and that's a part of you that must be available for spirit. Spirit likes a joyful being, spirit likes us to be joyful, so we must create that in ourselves. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, when I say spirit, I just mean intelligence. I mean your own intelligence. I mean the more of you. I'm not talking about something outside of you or something separate from you. But I know that when you draw, when you color, when you sing, and still it was so sweet. Lynette was singing, and you so politely sat in your chairs. No matter how often I beg you, The body temple wants to be moved. The body temple wants to be touched. The body temple is the carrier of memories. The body temple is the carrier of pain. And the way we wake it up is we move it. Now, you can move it in exercise, but you can move it in dance. You can move it in celebration. What's our next song today, Celine? And then what's after that? All right. When we do our last song today, I want you guys up, singing at the top of your awful salt, Your lips. I don't care how off-key you might be. I don't care how much you can't sing. I don't care how, how to, tone-deaf, tone-deaf, is that the term? How tone-deaf you are. Sing out loud. Why? Because you are inviting in a greater experience of spirit, of inspiration, of love through you. Are you willing? Tone deaf people like me? I can't sing a lick. But I'm going to do it on the microphone. I won't do that to you. But I will sing off the microphone. Sometimes I think if people had a video of me singing when the microphone's off, I look like I'm out there. I got it together, I know all the words. Now, if you had the microphone on, that'd be a whole different story. <laughs> we have done that, and if I remember, we, we, we regretted it. There was one specific time many years ago, we were at the, um, we were at the um, Red Cross building, and um, Ty, that song, I, I don't remember what Ty was doing, and somebody forgot to shut off my mic. Now, I didn't know that they forgot to shut off my mic. I'm singing. I'm having a good time. We go back to the recording, and, and you start to hear this thing, <laughs> this other awful voice, but you don't know what it is. And then all of a sudden, we discovered it was me. It was just, oh, my God. It was that, thank God that was before the days of the podcast. Now, if, I ever, if we ever make that mistake, Brian Jude, you have to promise me we will not upload it. Thank you. Or if you can do whatever electrically you could do. Get me out of there. (laughs) I accept my good and the truth that I deserve my good. Say it. I accept my good and the truth that I deserve my good. Right there, you begin to activate a new idea in mind. Mind must precede the activity. How do we activate it and keep it activated all all day long? Just what we said in the affirmation. We praise our good. Be out loud in your house if you live with somebody. Thank the person who picked up the plate. Thank the person who took out the garbage. If you live alone, thank the mailman when the mailman delivers. The mail staff what delivery person, whoever that is now. Sorry, got a little caught up in not being gender specific. Thank people. Thank yourself. Thank. Be thankful that you have a breath in your body. That is the best way to keep the activity of good, okay? you got to think of yourself as an antenna, and you got to resonate with the highest vibration. You, you up that vibration by thanking, 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 thanking people, thanking people, thanking people, thanking people. Send out thank you notes, thanking people, over and over and over again. I allow my good to find me right where I am now. Say it. I allow my good to find me right where I am now. Why? Because wherever you are, it is. Wherever you are, whatever mindset you are in, which is why we have to clean up the mindset, because it is a yes. Spirit is a yes. So... If we are dismal and depressed and we are tempted to give language to it, what does spirit say? Yes. Yes. Do we want yes to that? No. No. But you must exercise the mind. You must become disciplined. You must not give life or authority to that word or that voice. I continuously cultivate a consciousness of receptivity. Say it. I continually cultivate a consciousness of receptivity. How we break the glass ceiling. How we don't believe that it's there. We accept and allow that we are open and available to good, greater good than we have ever known. This is the new thing I'm saying to myself. Why not me? Just say that. Why not me? I mean, we, you know, many of us over many years, many decades have said, why me? No, no, no. Why not me? Why would good not happen to me? Why would love not find me? Why would success not happen to me? Why not? You get that? Why not you? The only why not you it's somehow you've let yourself not believe it. That is where mental discipline comes in. Mental discipline must precede the change. We discipline our mind, and then we live and breathe into it. You understand? That's where this is, you know, this is a, in the metaphysical teaching, where this is a tiny bit of a neck up. Because you and I have got to collectively and individually decide, why not me? Why wouldn't the power, of the presence, the love, the potency of all that is good and beautiful and holy, find me available right now? OK, so now in your head, you might have just said, well, because. Did anybody hear a because? I'm looking around. If you heard a because and you think that there's a logical reason why not, it's a lie. It's a lie. That might come from your old training. It might come from your old influence of cultural, religious, whatever your upbringing, your education. But I promise you that each one of us was born with the same right to good the same right to possibility. It's funny, this morning when you were singing that song, Lynette, I know full well well, the words are everything is possible, but all I kept thinking was anything is possible. And that, that feels even a little bit closer because I know that any good that can happen to any one of us can happen to any one of us. Any healing transformation that can happen to any one of us can happen to every one of us, as long as you're available, as long as I'm available. Understand? Are you available? What about the rest of you? Are you available? Are you willing to be available? And if you have any doubt, are you willing to be willing? Because sometimes we have to find that willingness. And the willing to be willing is how we put our foot in the door, and we keep that door open, and then we find the willingness, and then we find, oh, yeah, man, am I willing. I am willing to accept my good and my greater good. So let's say these statements one more time. I want you to repeat after me. I accept my good and the truth that I deserve my good. I allow my good to find me right where I am now. I allow my good to find me right where I am now. I continuously cultivate a consciousness of receptivity. I continuously cultivate a consciousness of receptivity. Beautiful. If for some reason you want those statements and, you didn't, and you're trying to write them down, remember they'll always be either on the CD that you can get in the bookstore or on the podcast. Now, you want to move this even long faster? You want to multiply your good? Anybody want to multiply your good right now? <laughs> You're a tough cookie. <laughs> Take somebody with you. The quickest way... Now remember for us heaven means consciousness and when we think when we use the word heaven and we think consciousness what we mean is that space of open availability right the quickest way into heaven is to take somebody with you do you understand get somebody to go with you now they might not want to go your way can you love them as they are get Somebody. Choose somebody. Think of them. Pray on them every day. Don't pray to manipulate them. Think of them as whole, perfect, and complete every single day. Every day, hold a high watch for that person. Bring one someone or many someones with you. You want to multiply your good? Give it away. Right now, it's beginning today. Multiply your good by giving it away. Take someone with you. Turn to I think, we asked, I think I asked this question a couple of weeks ago, but I'm going to ask it again. Think right now who you want to bring with you. Turn and tell somebody who that person is that you're going to bring with you. Tell somebody. He's, he's holding the high watch. You can tell Kathy. <laughs> Kathy? She needs to tell somebody. Did you tell somebody? Who are you bringing with you? Choose. Who? Both of them? Okay. Who are you bring with you? Anyone who's built. Who who are you gonna bring with you? A friend. Um, Jerry. Jerry. <laughs> you You think you're gonna sit here?
1: Jerry. <laughs> Same friend? Yeah. Who you bring with you? Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Who
0: are you bring with you? Clinton. Clinton. Ken. Ken. Oh Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> I think Jesus is there holding the gates open. <laughs> Rob. Rob. Joe. Joe. Walter. Walter. Lauren and everybody. Lauren and everybody. Mallory. Is there anyone that doesn't have somebody? Think about the people you bump up against. People about the pe- think about the people you sleep with. People. Think about the people who, when you walk in the front door of your building, Think about the people who deliver your mail, whoever that is. See, when you are it and you are carrying it and you know that it is available through you to the level that you believe, then suddenly you are activated. And being near you suddenly makes you a a, a tool for transformation. The quickest way to multiply your good is to take somebody with you. Yes? Edna, you had a question. Well, you can't make anybody go where they don't want to, and that's why I say don't manipulate them. Just, Just surround them with love. Surround them with love. We're not here to manipulate, but we are here to love. So if you will, hold the hand of someone next to you. And while you're holding the hand of this person, think of that person that you're bringing with you. Get that person's face in mind and as you're holding the hand right now of this incredible beautiful human this incredible beautiful warm-blooded human this person who's made up of all the same molecules the the love feel that hand rub their hair maybe just a little bit just squeeze a little bit feel their beauty and then know yourself as this vessel of love and possibility. Let us create a vortex here in this, in this room. Let everybody be connected to somebody else. Make sure you're touching somebody. And just feel the vibration of love. Spirit is available to you to the degree that you are available to it. Are you willing to be available? How much? Let us know that we break that glass ceiling. That good becomes great. That love becomes ecstatic. That any any inkling of success becomes ridiculous. Total allowance. That our creative urge is fully expressed. That the love that we want, we begin to realize, is the love that we are. We are that love. And even now, at a cellular level, shift is happening. Right now, you ready yourself to be a greater acceptor of good. You are readying yourself to allow for more. And together we are stretching and expanding the consciousness of receptivity. And then we listen for the wisdom. We listen for the guidance. We listen for that deep, deep wisdom that sounds like our voice. Voice. Spirit showing up in us through us as us. How do we activate it? We simply breathe a yes. We move it by saying thank you, by living in gratitude. Gratitude for the beauty and the joy that surrounds us. Gratitude for every single human in your life. Gratitude for your state of health, whatever it is right now. Gratitude for the love that you are, for the love that is around you. Gratitude for the acceptance. Gratitude for electricity. Gratitude for mail that's delivered to your door. Gratitude for all sorts of things. And that gratitude keeps opening and expanding our hearts. And our cells of our body get stimulated and more stimulated. And then we accept more good and more good. And we believe. <laughs> Why not me? I'm available. I'm willing. I'm open. And I am alive. Let us feel that aliveness. Accept it. And be grateful for it. And with me right now, please close by saying... And so it is.